This episode of Proper English is brought to you by the indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present and future regarded as a whole and the idiom over the hill. Blimey, that introduction was a bit of a mouthful, Ali. It was, Dave. But you know, time is kind of a big concept. We needed to do it justice. Oh, Okay, so is this episode an existential and philosophical investigation into the nature of time and its existence or non-existence? Uh, no, I just thought we could try to explain some of the awkward ways we talk about time in English. Phew. So, first up, yesterday. And what do we call the day before yesterday? Unlike some languages, we don't have an actual word to describe two days ago, so we have to say the day before yesterday. Yep, and the same logic applies to tomorrow and the day after tomorrow. Ah, there is a word for the day after tomorrow, as it goes. Overmorrow. Oh yeah, I've heard of that one on one of those lists of obscure words you get on Facebook from time to time. Nobody ever uses it though. They don't. Anyway, when we're talking about weeks, we say last week and the week before last, or next week and the week after next. Last week, we talked about numbers and calendars and the order in which we say months and dates. So, have a listen to episode 18 if you haven't already. We also looked again at the prepositions we use with time, and earlier this week, my awesome student Galina told me about a way that Russian learners of English Try to understand our weird prepositions. Oh, is that the image of the triangle or pyramid? That's the one. If you're a visual person, this can be really useful. Type Russian pyramid English prepositions into the search engine of your choice and you'll see a triangle with at in the smallest section at the top, followed by on in the middle and then in at the bottom. It's very clever and shows how we use at for hours, on for days and in for longer periods of time, including seasons. In the UK and the rest of Europe, we have four seasons, spring, summer, autumn and winter. The North Americans say fall instead of autumn, which is nice and logical, I guess, as it's the season when the leaves change colour and then fall from the trees. Now, what about if we want to describe the frequency of something? Oh, like, I go to a writer's workshop every Friday. I could also say, I go once a week. But what about if you go less frequently? Well, I might go twice a month, or once every two weeks, or once a fortnight. Now, fortnight's a good word, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's another word that's not used in North America. Unless you're playing a video game. Okay. (laughs) If I say fortnight, our Canadian friend Rochelle will often check, that's two weeks, right? I'd never really thought about the word until we started learning Portuguese. Here, people say quinze dias, which means 15 days, which is close to being the same as a fortnight, I suppose. (laughs) I suppose the word fortnight is an abbreviation of 14 nights. Now, here's a weird one. Every other. Yeah, this confused me as a child. 
We might do something every other day or every other week. And this makes it seem like we do it every day except for this one or every week but this one. No, that's wrong. Yeah, it's more like alternating, isn't it? So if I eat chocolate every other day, I eat it on Monday, then Wednesday, then Friday, then Sunday, then Tuesday, and so on. And on Wednesday, you've got your dentist appointment. <laughs> okay, so what about telling the time? This can cause confusion. Yes, I think most students are confident with o'clock and the minutes. Five past two, twenty-five past eight... 10 to 7. Yeah, they don't seem to cause too many problems. The confusion starts with the fractions. Mm -hmm. So we have quarter past 8 and quarter to the hour. We can say 15 minutes to and 15 minutes past, but we'd never just say 15 past or 15 to. Yeah, weird. 10 past is fine, but with 15, we need to say 15 minutes. It's true. The same with 30. Oh, yeah. It's not 30 past. It's half past, and it's never half two. I have lunch at half past twelve. But I could never say I have lunch at half to one. Nope. Now, what about a.m. and p.m.? I think learners overuse these. Mm. We use them in writing, but not so much in speaking. For example, your written contract at work might say lunch is from one until two p.m., but if a friend asked you what time you have lunch, you'd say, I go for lunch at one. Yes, it's lunch. It's the meal we eat in the middle of the day. So we don't need to clarify further. Now, of course, if you refer to your middle meal as dinner, which some Brits do, then you might need to clarify. We talked about the names we give to meals in Series 1, Episode 37. My goodness, that was a while ago, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Back to AMPM. A mistake I sometimes hear is, I get up at 7am. It's not wrong. No. Nope. It's very accurate. It's just not native-like. Unless you're a shift worker, the assumption will be that you get up in the morning. For us, the afternoon starts as soon as it's 12 o'clock, midday. Oh, yes. So, if you greet someone after that, you say, good afternoon. This is regardless of whether you've eaten or not. Here in Portugal and in other cultures, people might only say good afternoon after they've eaten. Evening. Good evening to you too, Dave. <laughs> no, I was just thinking that evening is a bit of a confusing concept because there isn't a strict time that it starts and ends. Mm -hmm. The Cambridge Dictionary defines it as the part of the day between the afternoon and the night. So from after five up until eight, nine? Nobody knows. <laughs> That's not very helpful, is it? Nope. I think it's because it's associated with the sun going down, so it changes a bit with the time of year. We talk about the evening meal. Remember, for Brits, that can be tea, dinner or supper. And generally, people eating at home will have the evening meal between six and seven. Now, another interesting thing about evening is that we will greet someone by saying evening or good evening. Like we did just now. But when we leave, we'll say goodnight. Yeah. If you go to watch a band play live. Oh, remember when we could go to music concerts? Hmm, I have a dim recollection, Dave. If you go to watch a band, 
when they arrive on stage, the singer will say, Good evening, Sheffield! Even if it's dark, after nine o'clock, and everyone's eaten. But when they finish the gig and leave, they'll say, Good night! Even if it's one o'clock in the morning. There are lots of idioms and expressions about time. Inevitably. Time's a big deal, isn't it, Dave? It is, Ali. And would you believe it? Now it's time for Idiom of the Week. Idiom of the Week? Over the hill. This was inspired by my lovely student Alexandra in Astrakhan. The passage of time. Getting old. It happens to us all. We can't avoid it. If you think of the process of life as a hill you have to climb, when you get to the top of the hill, you're at the height of your powers. You've reached your peak. Another idiom, meaning getting to the highest point. You're at your most attractive. In short, you've got it all going on, but... Mm, There's always a but. That's when you're at the top of the hill. As time and life progresses, you're going down the other side of the hill. You're getting older as you descend further, past your prime, past your best, past it. Sadly, you're over the hill. Rude. No, no, hold on. I'm just defining the idiom. It's worth bearing in mind that describing someone as over the hill is kind of insulting. You're not kidding. (laughs) There is another definition. If you leave the army without permission... Going AWOL or absent without leave. Or if you escape from prison, people will say, They went over the hill last night. Fancy. Nothing to do with time, though. Well, there is a tenuous link. You do time in jail, don't you? Oh, true enough. There you go. And here we are at the end of another episode of Proper English. As always, we hope you've enjoyed listening in on our conversation. We really do. Why not recommend us to a friend? Or a family member. Or a fellow student. It makes us so happy when we get new subscribers. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app. We also love getting feedback. So why not get in touch? Ask us questions. Tell us what you want in future episodes. But how, Dave? How? Well, our email address is properenglish. All one word. At sapo.pt. Or you can go to Instagram or Twitter or Facebook if you have them. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me too. And thank you for listening to Proper Proper English. English.